being serious with rain over me was stupid. So now it's time for Jack and Josh to celebrate some nuptials with I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. This is Truly Happily Madison. Don't do those voices. <laughs> Hello. Not after what we've watched. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> oh, oh God! What? Um, <laughs> let's not let's not go into it just yet. Hi, Josh Pappenheim. Hello, Jack Gregson. Oh, we are the hosts of this show. <laughs> <laughs> we are. What have we wrought today? Oh, it's good though. It's all good. We we um we're fa- we're having fun. How are you, Josh? Oh, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. Pubs are going to be open soon. Maybe. Is that true? No. Well, no. I've seen. Well, Tommy off of the Apprentice tweeted that they'd be open on the eighth of April, so I trust him. He is in the know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, how are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, uh, feeling very romantic because it was just Valentine's Day and I watched oh, yeah. this movie. Yeah, I was going to say I did that also. It <laughs> felt special. I'm also feeling romantic because we we have a guest. We've got a guest. We've got uh, our most romantic guest, Jamal Paulson. How are you? <laughs> I was good until I saw this film yesterday. So, <laughs> um, but I just want to say thanks for having me. It is an honour to be here. I love you both so much. You, no, you've not no. finished yet. You, you feel like, <laughs> wait till wait till you get to the end. You might not thank us. <laughs> Well, I'm thanking him hugely. Thank you, I'm, thank, I'm thank you for coming you, on for this. For this, you piece might of know shit you might know Jamal from the internet, uh, but Jamal, what else might people know you from? People might know me because I once interviewed. No, I've interviewed Rupert Grint twice. He was very, <laughs> very lovely. Um, I also interviewed. Rebecca Ferguson, not the one from X Factor who came second, mm. the one from Life and Mission, as in, as in the film as Life. In, as in, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I was just walking down the street and there was a woman. My mum like ran Billy into her at Pizza Express once, so she oh. is from my mum's life. Interesting, okay. They, they accidentally got each other's order. Oh, oh that's that, such a good that, meet cute. That is life, isn't it? That is life. Sometimes you order a ham and pineapple, sometimes you get a sloppy Giuseppe. My mum should have turned to her and just say, oh, I know you're in the film life, but this is real life. (laughs) (laughs) My mum wouldn't know that she's in a film called Life. I don't know. I mean, well, most people would know her from Mission Impossible, Rogue Mm. Nation and Fallout, which is what she is mostly known for, so that makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess you would know you would know me maybe from some social media stuff and from some journalism things yeah, in the I was past. Say, you're also a gifted writer. Thank you very much. He's sort of like a mainstay of journalism and the internet. <laughs> 
I um, have previously written for Esquire. I occasionally write for the Telegraph. I've written for the Independent before. Um, Shortlist. So a few a few bits here and there. Just some old rags. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of you have heard of these, but... <laughs> They're kind of a big deal. Uh, but what the fuck are we here to talk about, Jack? Well, well, each week, your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. And we, we've hit a doozy. Oh. We, um, we thought we had it bad with Rain Over Me. Actually, no, Josh, you liked Rain Over Me. I thought it was all right. Possible. I thought, it was, um, I thought it was the worst thing, uh, the worst performance I'd seen Adam Sandler give until now. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. we are here to talk about. Is it a rom com? Is it? Um, is it a comedy a of circumstances? Pick. Yeah, yeah, it's a buddy pick. It's a buddy pick. It's a brom com. It's a comedy of errors. Y- yeah. It's. Um, um, that term no, that... rom com is horrible, by the way. <laughs> anything that has bro before like romance like yeah. you're yeah. you're a fragile man bro this hug, is very much a film that i think food. embraces bro yeah yeah not quite to the same extent as i love you man but i could see in the in the marriage bit i could see them doing the whole like i love you broski broden or whatever i mean you know that i would bit? much prefer to watch i love you man over this i've never seen it yeah it's not uh, great but <laughs> but it but is a film it's a film it start. It, it has people in it who are vaguely likable but let's um let's josh have you got uh an imdb synopsis i fucking do it's quite long have we even said the name of the film did we actually say it the, the, <laughs> i don't know if we did film? actually i don't think we <laughs> no so the film is called i now pronounce you chuck and larry right okay Chuck Levine and Larry Valentine are friends and Brooklyn firefighting partners. Widower Larry, who still mourns the death of his first wife Paula, is having problems changing the beneficiary on his insurance policy from Paula's name to his children's. He is worried about his children's so future. That was the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> he is worried about his children's future if he were to be killed in the line of duty and is contemplating quitting his job for something less risky. But he also does not want to forfeit his firefighter's pension as he also see it as a safety net for his children. Larry saves Chuck's life on one of their calls, so when Chuck tells Larry that he owes him one, Larry takes him up on his offer. Larry's favour, despite both being heterosexual, that they enter into a domestic partnership in name and paper only to provide that much-needed protection for Larry's children. Chronic womanizer Chuck... (laughs) Fucking hell, it goes on, sorry. We're over halfway there. Huh. Chronic womanizer Chuck reluctantly but eventually agrees. The one person who knows for a certainty that they are both straight is their boss, Captain Phineas J. Tucker. Their plan hits a snag when Larry believes that they are being investigated by the pension department for possible fraud, which means that Chuck has to move in with him and his kids. They consult the advice of a lawyer, Alex McDonough, who adds an extra layer of complexity to the situation as Chuck, in particular, is attracted to her and believes she could be the one and only for him. 
Her legal advice, coupled with her wanting Chuck to be her new best girlfriend, makes it even harder on him. That was written by Huggo. It's a fucking nightmare. I'm so sorry to everyone involved. <laughs> you know that what? went on so like, long. It's a fucking weird film. Like, <laughs> like I didn't. It's like an hour into it, and they get married. <laughs> No, it's not. It Is it? I think it was less yeah. than that. No, it's like an hour. I thought it was like fifteen to twenty minutes that they get, that they get the piece of paper that says that they're they're in a no. I mean the actual wedding. Right. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, do you yeah. want to hear the uh, the tagline? No. <laughs> okay. Go on. <laughs> they're straight as can be, but don't tell anyone. I can just see Jamal cringing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, let's get into the stats because we'll be able to see whether that tagline was successful in getting people into the the theatre or not. Yeah. So this this was directed by Dennis Dugan. This is uh, Sandler and Dugan's first collaboration... Since, um, well, he produced, he directed The Benchwarmers, but Sandler wasn't in that. But he uh, also directed Happy Gilmore way back when. Oh, yeah, the Dugo. The Dugster. And we're going to hear a lot more from the Dugan soon. Fuck yeah. Um, this film stars Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Jesse- <laughs> Jessica Beale, Ving Rames, yeah. Steve Buscemi, oh. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, this film came out on July 20th, 2007. And it was made for a budget of $85 million. Fuck off. How did they spend that much money on this? Uh, I suppose there's the, the dead rat prop. I will say, like, the, the, the fire scenes are probably... The fire scenes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... I don't think that, like, there's one, like, quite intense fire scene at the beginning of the film. And then that guy's fat suit, maybe? (sighs) We'll get to that. Uh, For uh, for its 85 million, at the domestic box office, this movie made $120 million and an extra 66 million internationally. Ooh. Opening weekend, it opened at number one, ahead of uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix in its second week. Whoa! That's a big upset. (laughs) This is the one that really hurts me. Uh, Opening at number three in its opening week is Hairspray. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) And I'm just like, all these people who went to see I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry could have seen Hairspray. (laughs) I know what I went to see. I know what I went to see. At number four, you had Transformers in its third week, and at number five, you had Ratatouille in its fourth week. All these things people could be seeing instead of I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry at number one. That's so so funny. I saw, like, two films in 2007, and they were Hairspray and Transformers. And I kind of (laughs) remember this time. I remember when all of these films came out. I was really into Rolling Stone magazine, and I used to read Peter Travers' reviews all the time, and I think he gave this film, like, half a star. (laughs) Or <laughs> something like one star. And I mean, me and Peter Travers and, have that in common. And and so do I. And so does Josh. I looked up your letterbox reviews and they were all 0. 0.5. Oh, really? Is yeah. 0. 0.5? Yeah, probably. And I actually think when 
I read it. I was just like, I will never watch this. Why was this film made? It's something that no one is going to see. I mean, evidently I'm wrong. And here I am, however many years later, watching it on Valentine's Day. (laughs) It's a pretty, Uh, it's actually, it is a pretty big hit. Like, um, where does it come in uh, Happy Madison? So it's their 11th highest grossing film. Wow. Out of how many? 40-something? Uh, 40-something, yeah. Yeah, we've got a long way to go. It's just behind The Longest Yard at 190 million, and just ahead of Paul Blart Morkop at 183 <gasps> million. Oh, sacrilege. <laughs> but the difference is, Paul Blart Morkop was only made for $26 million. So... <laughs> every penny on screen. <laughs> and yet you can't with my now pronounced Chuck and Larry. No. But you know, this isn't a KJ vehicle. Well, it is in a way. It's a this dual is, hander. This is, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, this is his first big movie. Like, outside of, like, being in Hitch. Hitch. But this is the first one where, like, his name is on top of the poster. Yeah, true. Interesting. Like, he but had again... Grilled, but that does, that's a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but this feels like this is training wheels. You know? Adam Sandler's throwing him in and being like... Let's see what you can do alongside me, your dad. And then, you know, <laughs> da- and then Adam if Sandler. you do well, yeah, Dadam Sandler. And then if you do well, you can fly off and live your blarty dreams. So I, do, I do want to talk about Kevin James just, well, actually, just before we get on to him, this has a Rotten Tomato score of 15%, which Classic. I think is actually too high. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> this is in like the low like fives <laughs> um uh, and the other comedies from 2007 are knocked up super bad mm. mm. blades of glory mm. wild hogs mm. and uh norbit which has mm. a connection to this movie oh okay <laughs> um you gonna expand on that or yeah i'll say it just both movies have uh comedians in yellow face Oh, no. that was not the last one. That I, I thought you were going to say not that, but something very, well, not similar. Eddie Murphy <laughs> plays Mr. Wong in Norbit. And oh, dear. I'm not sure what Rob Schneider's character's name is in... Uh, I know oh, I've got his mind. name. Don't you, you do? worry. What, what is his um, name? His name is Morris Takechi. That was disgusting, by the way. I actually gasped. Fucking when horrible. I, I could not believe in the year 2007 that that happened. But that's, that you had two films that year, both <laughs> that opened at number one, where a comedian is just in full yellow face in the trailer. So it's like, mm-hmm. properly like celebrated. It's not like something that took you off guard. They didn't sneak it in. Um, and that, that was just acceptable. It was just like the prosthetics as well on yeah Schneider. like the eyes the fake nose it was so i mean so... i text you during this film <laughs> and was like do you think they thought the script was funny and you said we'll get into that today so we'll so we'll get into that today <laughs> before we even get into that <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> there's so much to get into yes what is your history and knowledge of sort of Adam Sandler and the Happy Madison world. Okay, so I saw Big Daddy. Oh my God, is this what? Do you want me to talk about Big Daddy? Is that what? <laughs> is 
<laughs> you can talk you about Big Daddy. You can. T- I know you, you've got a bit of a thing for Little Nicky as well. Oh my gosh, I love Little Nicky, and um, probably because Reese Witherspoon is in it, uh, who I who I love dearly. Um, the first time I think Adam Sandler was on my radar was at the 1999 MTV Movie Awards, which I didn't go to because I was nine, but my dad taped it for me and I watched it um, later that night or that weekend. And he won something, he won like best comedian performance, I think for The Waterboy, and did this fucking long speech in the same accent as his character in The Waterboy. And I was just like, who is this idiot? Like, he's not funny. It's really long. <laughs> Get on with it. I want to see the other people. I want to see Lisa Kudrow, who's hosting this, do more stuff. And so that started this long journey of Adam Sandler in my life, reluctantly. Ruining it. Um, and then when I was like 12... Like little Nicky. Oh yeah, and then oh yeah, yeah. So I saw Little Nicky when I was twelve, and just went against that, and probably Big Daddy the same year, or maybe a little bit before, and then I knew that I liked guys because those two guys kissed <laughs> in Big Daddy, and then wow. and now I'm gay. <laughs> was that your awakening? Um, I mean, there were many awakenings along the way, but that was one that was like near puberty and it was like, yeah. oh my God, this is real and also very scary. So, um, Which is yeah. funny because we talked in the past about how Big Daddy was nominated for a GLAAD award for best, <laughs> best representation in American film. And we've always found that funny, but yeah. clearly you were, you, you were into it. I, uh, I I love Big Daddy, not because of the title. Um, <laughs> and what else is... I don't think there was anything in between... Li- which one came first out of Big Daddy and Little Nicky? Big, Big Daddy. Daddy. Okay, so between Little Nicky and... I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I don't think there's another one that I've seen. <laughs> All the ones we've ca- covered... <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, and it's probably going to stay that way as well. Oh shit, man! Oh. No offense to Mr. Sandler. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no, not not your podcast episodes. I mean, like the he, films. He can, uh, he can, um, he can be offended. He doesn't listen. He stopped. That listening. we know of. Cool. Well, I do. Yeah, I want to so talk. <laughs> I want to talk for a moment about Kevin James. Yes, just because, yes, yes, yes. Because this is his his first sort of big movie outside of Hitch. Yes. Which Hitch is a weird one where he's in it anyway. Like, he's, he's good all in, right Hitch. in Hitch. I he's like him right. in Hitch. Yeah. He plays like, you know, the fun schmuck who's trying to up his game. Hitch he's... is a very, to me, is like a very just acceptable movie. Yeah, I you don't understand I mean? people who go like, <laughs> oh, Hitch is a bit shit. And then no, I don't think it's crazy, great. stupid love as a great film. It's the same fucking film. Um, okay, no, no. <laughs> same film, same fucking film. Will Smith in Hitch is Ryan Gosling. I get what you're saying. Steve Carell, Kevin James. One Done. is better than the other, though. Yeah. Uh... If you say Hitch, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight uh, log off. I Absolutely. do like. Literally. I do like the <laughs> idea for Hitch though, in that 
it was at a time where you could just do a movie poster that was just Will Smith standing with the word Hitch, and it just said, Will Smith is Hitch. What yeah. is that? <laughs> He's Hitch. Who is Hitch? He Didn't that make a shit Hitch. ton of money as well? Hitch made 371 million worldwide. Oh my Great film. Gosh. <laughs> All on the back of his chemistry with Eva Mendes. You're welcome. And Kevin James. And Kevin James. In his breakout. And one role. thing by A. Marie, which I think was for the soundtrack of It's <laughs> one of the best songs ever written. Is it? Is that yes, it is one of the best songs? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously it's one of the best songs, but was that written for Hitch? I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was written for Hitch, but I'm. Right. I. It was on the soundtrack. Let's say it was. Let's Switch say definitely it was. was. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. Of course, this isn't uh, Kevin James' first appearance in a Happy Madison movie. He played factory worker in Fifty First Dates. What a, he lit up the screen for those fifteen line. seconds. Right. He just <laughs> says two words. He just says Henry Roth. Um, yeah. But he was best known at this point for being in King of Queens. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't mind the King of Queens. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen episodes. It's mostly good for Jerry Stiller. Oh, yeah. No, I do like him. Was it on when the Paramount Channel used to be on after Nickelodeon? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that was a bloody long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ran for a good old 11 years. No, no, sorry, nine years. Was Leah Remini as well? <laughs> Leah Remini was in that, and now, oh. now they're back together in that <laughs> show that he does now, <laughs> which she wasn't in the first season of. But then they killed off his wife and put him back sake. with Leah Remini. Um, All right, have actually heard of that. <laughs> but yeah, like he—he's one of these interesting people who has sort of made the the leap from sitcom to movie stardom, uh, which I think was rarer when he did it. It's a bit more common now. Yeah. Um, but I remember when this movie was coming out, I was just like, the guy from King of Queens is starring with Adam Sandler? That sounds bad. His career has now gone to the point where like, he makes this show, Kevin Can Wait, <laughs> where... <laughs> but And he's yeah. like, does it all like on a... Uh... Kevin Can Wait is not on the air anymore, apologies. Um, but he uh, he makes this show. He makes it in sort of like the hometown where he lives. And he has like a church that everybody who works on the show has to go to. Like he's this super devout Christian. Yeah. He t- it all sounds a little suspect to me. It's very creepy to me, this idea that like he's got his own little community. He does seem like a weird guy. But you know what? I have... Well, no, I don't have respect. No, I hate him because he's obviously been bald since before this film and has just been wearing a toupee for for decades with no one challenging him. No one at all. Do you think <laughs> so? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know we don't really do anything on Twitter or Instagram that isn't promo for the episode, but I'm going to post a fucking picture of Kevin James with his hair... In, in in quotation marks, and I want people to say that it's really his fucking hair because there is no way. I'm just thinking of him in uh, <laughs> Halloween with his mullet. Oh yeah, not that bit. <laughs> but when he's got when he's got his normal short hair, that's not real. That's not real at all. One thing I will say for him, 
Yeah. He gives a better performance than Sandler does in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know. Just because I, I think... I just think because he has a character who has some sense sense of humanity. I really hate Sandler's character in this film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His char- Sandler's character is terrible, but he is fucking committing to the bit. He knows he doesn't want any humanity coming through in this character. So He's he just so does it. ridiculously miscast as this character. <laughs> Do you think? There is the scene in which Sandler is like in a dressing gown with a cane yeah. chasing around like half naked women. It was the most disgusting thing I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. It was so weird. Oh my gosh, Josh, did you notice that one of the women was Tila Tequila? Did I fucking did. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, did you also Jesus, notice okay. that one of the women was Jamie Chung in yes! her first on screen appearance what? since <laughs> the real world? Wow. It's star-studded up in here, up in the, like... up in the Hooters club. Oh, I hate yeah, that it was so like much. a fake Hooters with all East Asian women that didn't have any lines, that ran around screaming, bent over, yeah. and <laughs> then he chased them around with a cane. Like <laughs> yeah. Sama has been like charming in the movies that we've seen before, and he's been like. He's got a sweetness yeah. to him. He is not a womanizer. He doesn't feel like a womanizer. He doesn't feel that scene at the beginning where the two twins fight over him. Yeah, you, terrible. You've just got to sort of ask, what are you fighting over? Adam Richard yeah. Sandler. Other than he lives in a castle. Like Can we talk about castle. that scene? Can we talk about that opening scene where his girlfriend accuses him of sleeping with his twin sister, which he does? Okay. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah, okay. Right, I'm going to talk about it. So, (laughs) (laughs) the film opens with um, this group of firemen playing basketball and this woman who was weirdly uh, like a semi-finalist on American Idol of a few years before that. But anyway, um, she's like banging on the fence and she's got a velour tracksuit on, which is obviously unzipped to reveal her boobs. And she's like, you slept with my sister. And he's like, I can't remember. He said some some sexist shit. And then her (laughs) sister- He said, how do you know it wasn't you? Yeah, how do you know it wasn't you? And then the sister comes, and then they're both fighting over disgusting Adam Sandler. And then all of these firemen are telling them to kiss. And they almost kiss? As in the two, the, the twins almost like kiss. Over this guy's getting over. These guys getting off on lesbian incest. Yeah, I never, I never got that. It's not even a fetish, is it? Is it? I don't know the whole sisters kissing or fucking thing. Like, it's not good. No, I don't. It's not good. Why was it so pervasive around this time? What's that thing? I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, but I've seen like I feel like there's so many films. I can't name any of them because my mind is blank. Major films, not porn. Austin Powers is gold member. Oh, is it in that? Oh, Austin Powers is gold member. You. you have to, yeah, you have Fook Me and Fook You, and Austin yeah. wants to have a threesome with the twins. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, he, he doesn't want to get off with like seeing them kiss. He just wants to get off with them. No, but it, it, the, the implication is if you're having a threesome, they're going to get involved with each other as well. It's I not going to be so. a bilateral two-way and then another two-way going on you know 
I Otherwise, that's so. just that's running a train. That's a different thing. But I'll also say, like, just just to defend Austin Powers for a second, those films are not <laughs> set in a reality. This film is supposed to be set in no, some sort of reality. But they still. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. I understand what you're saying about like you know where does this this idea of sisters making out being right. hot come ooh, from? Ooh. But got one in the office. I know that he's the bad character, but Gareth. There's the episode where they're like, what's your ultimate fantasy? And he goes, two lesbians probably, sisters, I'm just watching. So again, <laughs> that's another, it's another allusion to this thing. Like, it exists. But, I, but again, like, that works because he is the bad character. In yeah. this film, it's so <laughs> fucking weird that the hero of this movie <laughs> is set up doing this. Yeah. And all his friends are cheering him on. Like, and these yeah. are the friends we're going to join on this journey. It's a good start, obviously. <laughs> Thank God there's a fire that stops. <laughs> stops it happening. Especially as I didn't realise... Well, I mean, obviously, they're real sisters. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, it's a bad... It's, it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's moving, talk I, about... That well, next I, scene, which we kind of touched on before, actually. The fire. Jack, you go, yeah. Well, yeah, let, let's jump into the fire, because the interesting thing I found here was, as soon as they get into that fire, it's surprisingly intense, like, when they burst into the house, and there's, like, there are flames yeah. everywhere. Real and flame. then as soon as they find the overweight son, mm. the fear of the fire really goes downhill. Yeah, and then it turns into, how many ways can we take the piss out of this fat guy while he's in a life or death situation? Did you start this fire with one of your farts? Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant stuff. So there's the bit where they see the guy and he's in the chair or his bed or something. He can't get out because he's so fat. And they do something to get him. And then uh, like they're, they're like carrying him he, they drag him out. He gets to grab onto their like backs, and they have to run and drag him out. Yeah, and then they fall down the stairs, and oh my goodness, they land, and um, Adam Sandler has is underneath this guy, and then the, the the really fat guy lands on top of him, and oh no, it can't get any worse, but it can because he farts. Because <laughs> he does a fart, a broccoli fart. Yeah, the fat guy does a broccoli fart. <laughs> I, I can say, I, I, there are times where you find fart jokes, I can find a fart joke very funny. This is not one of the times. No, it's <laughs> just, it's, yeah, I think that was the first time I let out a, like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right, all right, this is the level. I mean, I say that, I've seen this film before. I've seen this before, like so five years ago, maybe. I think I I bought it for my brother for Christmas, and we watched it as a family. What a wonderful choice! Oh my gosh. What a wonderful choice! Yeah, I don't. I remember my parents saw a trailer for this before. I think they went to see Knocked Up, and they saw a trailer for this. Yeah. And I remember my dad liked King of Queens, and he's like, "Yeah, I saw a trailer for that m- movie with the guy from King of Queens." looks dreadful <laughs> um, and he's not wrong it's very astute no i don't think my parents would enjoy this movie no. the one that was so when uh when they get the guy out of the fire uh he is being 
taken away into hospital and he's saying, oh, they're my heroes, they're my heroes. And then he just goes, bring me to a deli. Yeah, he goes like, I'm hungry, I'm starving, take me to a deli. It's just like, oh. Horrible. I mean, this film is very much an excuse for two hours of gay jokes and fat jokes, all under the impression that it's okay because they learn a lesson at the end. I mean, it's the same as uh, Juicy again, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's this idea of... Ha- it's it, We talk about this a lot on these movies. It's having your cake and eating it too. It's the same as the Benchwarmers. Yeah. Where it was like, um, oh, well, look, we're going to make fun of all these nerds. But in the end of the day, like, nerds are, are heroes. And no, it's just... It's so... Awful. I don't... It, it was... I can't think of other comedians who did this sort of thing at the time. Where they, like, I don't think Will Ferrell movies, like, punch down all the time and then were also like, but it's not right for us to do this because these are real people too. I don't think, like, Jim Carrey movies did that. No. This is, like... the big, this is the most mainstream version of these kinds of films, I feel like. <sighs> it really is no surprise that Adam Sarmer is a Republican. <laughs> What gave you that idea? Was it the bit at the end when Dan Aykroyd says, I was thanked personally by the greatest man ever living, Rudy Giuliani? I <laughs> noticed that as well. And I was like, of course. He lists like two other mayors, and then he separates out Giuliani by saying, the great mayor Giuliani. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I should say on Dan Aykroyd, apparently he... Um, he... <laughs> He asked to rewrite all of his dialogue for this movie to make it funnier. And uh, Sandler was like, okay. And then Sandler said, like, this stuff's much funnier. And they uh, and they went with it. And I'm like, I watched the movie and I'm just like, Dan Aykroyd doesn't have a funny line in this. No, absolutely yeah. not. What was it like before? <laughs> <laughs> Also, why is it two hours, by the way? You just said said like five minutes ago, for the next two hours, it's just, why is it even two hours? It is really slow. It's 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 an emotional story about how Kevin James and Adam Sandler made gay rights a thing in America. This is the prom of its day. It is. is, um... is. They did it. They saved it. Let's. Uh, can I talk a little bit about the the history of the production of this movie? Yeah. Yes. Uh, in my head, is this based on a true story? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least not that I know of. Uh, this film was planned to be made as early as 1999, mm. um, and Tom Shadiak, who made uh, Bruce Almighty and uh, Liar Liar, was going to direct and produce, and it was going to star. Nicholas Cage and what? Will Smith. What? <laughs> oh god. I want to see that fucking film. I don't. <laughs> you look so upset. Come on. I'm, just, I'm just trying to imagine what. I feel like you just replace all the fat jokes for Kevin James with black jokes for Will yeah, Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, oh yes. god. True. No, I don't actually know because you know what? I think it would be a different. It wouldn't be the same style of humour. Um, I think it would be a lot more gentle with someone like Tom Shadiak. I still think there'd be lots of offensive gay jokes in it, because it's 1999. Um, 
but I think there would have been a bit more nuance to it than there is in this version. Because I think that's just what Sandler brings to it. What nuance? No, Sandler doesn't bring it. Sandler <laughs> brings more offensiveness to it. Right, yes, yes, true. Because um, I have an issue, like, um, like last week, this film uses the F word a lot, not the fuck word, but um, the, the other yeah, F the word other one. Um, that we won't say. But he uses it. And, I may um, say it later. <laughs> okay. You're allowed. Just, just to remind viewers, I, I not to sound like Matt from It's Always Sunny, but as a gay man, I found this <laughs> film horrible. And, um, Jamal, as a straight man, I found this film horrible. <laughs> this, the other thing to note in this film is that there are two... Uh, well, there are three credited screenwriters. There's the great uh, Barry Fanaro. Oh, we well, Baza. We all know Barry Fanaro. <laughs> yeah. Barry Fanaro of, uh, of well, actually, Barry Fanaro wrote Kingpin, which I love. <laughs> um, okay. But also wrote Men in Black 2. Yeah? The film which... Um, the one everyone hates. The film which uh, tells <laughs> us that it only rains when Rosario Dawson is sad. <laughs> I believe that to be true. Um, he was also sort of he was a TV kind of, he was a TV kind of guy mostly. Um, now I believe he was brought in to rewrite the original script that was written by Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. Now if those names don't ring a bell. Alexander Payne, best known for Election, Sideways, About no, Schmidt, No, <laughs> the, uh, the Descendants, Nebraska. And downsizing, which less said the better. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so he, apparently, Alexander Payne wrote an initial first draft of the film, and uh, Payne is not very happy with this final film. He claims that uh, it was Sandlerized. Yeah, I wonder why. And uh, at, at one point, he wanted he tried to get his name removed from the project. Oh, um, I mean, I would. <laughs> Yeah, I I will say like, as someone over the past year who has had to uh, deal with the infuriating world of um, taxes and benefits and uh, all that comes with that, I do think there is a comedy in there to be made. I don't think it's about faking a homosexual partnership. No. <laughs> but what if, yeah, you change it. What if he, like, adopted him? <laughs> and then they could make the film called That's My Boy, which yeah, is the title of a exactly. film Adam Sandler hasn't done before. Or, I don't, I don't know, get get the parents to adopt with one of, you know? So well, they that, become there's brothers. Definitely, there's definitely something in there. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, green card already exists, and like the proposal mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't. I think there is there is like a comedy to be mined from the premise, but I don't think this was the right way to go about it. Uh, no. Which is something I feel like I've said on a lot of these movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great idea. Shame about the execution. They were so embarrassed to walk into that town hall to get the certificate 
to be married. They both have disguises because, as we all know, being gay is disgusting. Adam Sandler's so disguise is really see. weird. He has a really long wig and goggles. Goggles, you know, like ski goggles. He also wears it later in the movie, and I have no idea why. Oh, because he doesn't want to be recognised because now he's famous. Oh, okay. (laughs) But also, also, they're going to the town hall. You could be going in there for literally anything. You could be paying a fucking parking ticket. Yeah, but he doesn't want the guy they're speaking to to know it's him. Yeah, all right, yeah. But but why? Yeah, sure, he's Mr. February. Big woof. With with a photoshopped body. I just just noticed Do you think? I don't know. Oh Oh my God. What about that that shower scene? He's got some pretty nice pecs in that shower scene. He's got got the obliques going on. The old old CGs. It is so bleak. Oh god, no. Not that again. <laughs> One of my biggest problems with this movie, other than all the offensive things about it, oh, yeah. is that it it just has to it has to make us believe that Adam Sandler is a ladies' man when he's walking around in a dark green tracksuit. One of my notes was <laughs> I really want that tracksuit. Oh my god, so was mine. I said the best <laughs> thing about this film. The best thing about this film was that dark green Adidas tracksuit when he's in the wheelchair. Fuck. He's in the yeah, wheelchair yeah. and he's got his little chain on as well. And I was like, Oh my god, it is so good. Right. <laughs> oh my god, like I, 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 I one, of my, one of my lines one of my notes is just I hate Sadler's wardrobe and <laughs> <laughs> wow. shows up in that very fancy suit at the end. Oh, that was horrible. The Joy Division album art suit. (laughs) Awful. Oh Oh my gosh, I could talk about this film honestly for five hours. I'm not going to. Well, let's let's get Um, to one of... Well, actually, I'm going to mention my one near laugh. Oh yeah, go on. film is obviously Larry wants to uh, change his benefits so his kids can benefit if he dies. Yes. Um, and he goes to see uh, insurance agent Rachel Dratch. Yep, 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 yep. Who essentially gives him the idea to get married to somebody. And she then sort of hints that she should be the one he marries. And then at the end of her little pitch, she just goes, let's go crazy. And I just went, huh. <laughs> Was that the closest you got to a laugh? That's the, that's the only time... Oh, I've got two half laughs in there. Well, do you want to say them now? Or do yeah, you want to get I'll say, to no, I'll just say them now. Yeah, one, I mean, you know that I like dumb physical comedy. So it's just the bit where Steve Buscemi throws the basketball and then it hits a barbecue that a family's having. I like that. That was, very stra- <laughs> that was a very strange moment. Yeah, no, I know. But I just like, I just like, oh, you throw a basketball. Where's it going to go? Not, it's not gonna miss. You know, a normal film would be like it misses and goes really wide. What and he'd be like nothing but net or something. But this just hits the barbecue, ruins the family's day. <laughs> really Can I guess it. your other half laugh based on that? Yeah, go on. Is it when Kevin James falls down the ladder? No, <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> We're gonna have so many. I'm gonna have so many of those laughs when it when we get to Paul Blart. But no, not for this one. Um. My second half laugh was uh, Ving Rhames' reaction shot when Chuck and Larry were going to kiss in the courtroom. 
I don't remember this. <laughs> I was <laughs> horrified. Yeah. I went, yes. oh, for God's sake. He's just sort of like, like oh, all excited. excited. Yeah, he's just all, he's having a wonderful time. Oh, that was it. Jamal, what did you belly laugh at? <laughs> oh my God. I honestly, I laughed <laughs> quite a few times at this film. <laughs> I was Did not you? <laughs> oh my God. I laughed. I can't even tell you at what in particular. I was just so flabbergasted <laughs> at the fact that this film existed that I just laughed at how ridiculous everything uh, about it yeah. was. The amount of steps that you have to go through to get even a, re- a film rejected. <laughs> and then this never even went through that rejection. There were so many... It went through pre-production and then production. <laughs> and they, were, they, were just, they were just like, give this movie $85 million. <laughs> this is what we're staking our careers on. Yes, and let's go. Was, I, I laughed at some of the boy tap dancing because I used to fucking, I used to fucking love tap dancing and doing splits. <laughs> I was that little gay child. <laughs> well, this is, he, this is the next thing I wanted to talk about because I think this oh. film thinks... Uh, Swapping the gender identities of uh, the two kids is very funny. I, I think so too. <laughs> you think it's funny, or you think no, the film thinks just, it's funny? I really hated that they, yeah, they just write in a coded gay child just just to be a punch bag for jokes. Yeah, like the whole way through, and so... even even at the point where Chuck and Larry are kind of like, oh, maybe we actually don't mind. it's not even like they support gay people by the end it's just like we don't mind people should be allowed to do what they want which is not quite the same thing i think it's that it's no. like gay people don't disgust me as much as they yeah. used to yeah yeah slightly <laughs> less ashamed also, to be associated with one this is why I, I i didn't finish my thought earlier like um so we mentioned that the f word is used in this yes and i think so at the end like Sandler is like, hey, that's a bad word. You shouldn't use it. I used to yeah. use it. There's a scene where they beat up the cab driver for calling them it. I don't think they are angry at that word for the reasons that you should be. I think they're more angry that people are calling them that when yeah. they're not. Yeah. It's and like, that it's is like an the... issue with this movie, is that yeah. it is so homophobic while pretending not to be yeah like it is it is just all on its face like it says so many horrible things about the homosexual community and yet at the end it tries to be like but you shouldn't say that word it's a bad word yeah we used to say that word and i just it really upsets me it really upsets me like um Little twist, this is the... I, I've said this a few times now. This <laughs> is the worst film I've watched so far. On really? This podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> this is Beaten, Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo, Master of the Skies, Joe Dirt, as just... I think it's inexcusable, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. morally bankrupt film. <laughs> if I had seen this as a child, I mean, we were, we were like 17-ish when this came out. Yeah. So even then, or let's say I was a little bit younger and I saw it when I was 12 or 13, it would have horrified me and probably even traumatised me into 
coming out even later that I mean I didn't come up that late it was like 18 it probably mm. would have stopped me from coming out even then because it's just horrible it's, it's just... not it, it's not the film that it really thinks it's trying to be no no it really isn't like yeah yeah Jack you're totally right like the major turning points in this film of how Adam Sandler and Kevin James but specifically Adam Sandler I think view being gay they're all kicked off by him being called the f-word and then like kicking off about it like every single bit yeah I hate it yeah it's really upsetting that's the best one I agree I think that's the best word yeah. Also, something I noticed in this movie, yeah. the word bisexual does not exist in this movie. No, no, that's true. Adam Sandler's character is a gay man who occasionally sleeps with women, but at no point do they ever say bisexual or even play around with the concept of, I don't know, polyamory, where even, he could maybe play around, you know? Yeah. Even Bullshit. the idea that um, Kevin James used to be married to a woman, and then he's like, well, I can never love, love another woman, so I had to yeah. move to man. Like, there is... It's... That's just... Again, that's just lazy screenwriting. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like... The, the word bisexual would make so much of this easier for these two characters to go through. Yeah. And that's not what the film is going through. But... That would have um, required some thought, though, and that's not something that this film has any... <laughs> any ideas about there's no, the bit right. where um oh my gosh I, I wrote his name down matt winston who i recognize from passport to paris starring mary kate and ashley he's in that yes. um one of their best films from their direct to <laughs> that's video that's days the one where where they um get upset that the boyfriends they have in america can't tell them apart when they pretend to be each other so then they try that trick on the two boys in France and they can tell them apart so they know they're good boyfriends. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've oh, seen Passport to Paris. Don't fuck with me, Jamal. It, I mean, I, your memory's better than mine, so I'm sure. Sure, that is... That's, that's, that's the plot. Um, this guy, when he goes to their house to um, inspect that they are actually gay, he says, oh, you haven't always been gay then. Like... Okay, I ha- I have a lot of problems with that line yeah. because no, that's yeah. how it works. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like you have Steve Buscemi in this film as essentially the homosexual inspector. Um, yes, that's what he should have been credited as. He's the gay dar. <laughs> he is the gay dar, <laughs> and he is introduced in this movie by going through Adam Sandler and Kevin James as trash. And criticizing them for not having homosexual garbage, <laughs> to which um, oh, to which Sandler responds with by throwing away fruit arranged into the shape of <laughs> cock and balls, and uh, a songbook from is it Hello Dolly? Yes, yeah, something like that. For, that belongs to his son. Don't throw away whole unused food. No, that's a whole cucumber. You could pick. It was a that. whole cucumber. I have an issue with the food in this film. Like, like I, I, I kind of touched on this near the beginning. The dinner mm. that Kevin James makes at the beginning, oh, yeah, yeah. and then they sit down for dinner, and the kids have already got four plates of food. Yeah. So who is all this like? Who was the spaghetti ragu and beef burger for? 
That was the, the main. KJ. That was the main Jamal because the boy was eating a hot dog salad. Good God! Wow. I mean, in his de- in the in the, f- in the film's defence, later on, Kevin James does say that the cooking improved when Adam Sandler moved in. So I think they're aware. Right. That yeah, because Sandler still. said, "Like I can't let you cook." But yeah. I mean, in the film's defence, like what is that plot arc? Um, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. There is so this is it. This <laughs> film is two hours long, and its yeah. plot is all over the place. Like the idea of Kevin James having to get over his wife is really badly seeded throughout this movie. They don't really do anything with that at all, do they? Just out of nowhere, when they have their big fight in the in the sort of beginning of the final act of the movie. Mm. Sandler is just like, you need to get over your wife. Your house is like littered with stuff that reminds you of it. And all you've had of that is just that Kevin James doesn't want someone to sleep on his wife's side of the bed. Also in that same scene where um, he goes into the wife's room and Adam Sandler comments on Kevin James still having his wife's pajamas. He says something like, you're a sick man or something like that. Yeah, I know. what is I, uh, keeping your dead spouse's dead belongings? I'm pretty sure that's a normal human. Yeah, <laughs> keeping your your dead spouse's belongings. I'm pretty sure makes you a normal human being. I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. And he's berating this poor man who's lost the love of his life. Oh, I did laugh at the bit where they were in bed. He was going, how could you do this to me? When he was pretending to be the ghost of his wife. Like, <laughs> oddly, enough, oddly enough, that joke appears in another Happy Madison movie because that exact same joke is in um, Grandma's Boy when uh, <laughs> Alan Cova is sleeping in the dead old lady's bed and his grandma is like, uh, oh, I'm a ghost. That's true. They really like ghosts. I tell you what they really like, because I forgot to mention this last week. Did you notice in Rain Over Me that in the back of Sandler's apartment was just a statue of... um, Oh, uh, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Yes! Yes, of course I noticed it, but I didn't mention it, and I don't know why. And again, and again, in this film, they say... There's a Colonel Sanders There's a Colonel Sanders joke! It's a huge conspiracy! He what does it cost, mean? There was was the Colonel, Colonel Sanders the, involved in MK Ultra? Did Colonel <laughs> Sanders do 9-11 and they know and they're trying to let us know? What is the truth? There's a Colonel Sanders reference in uh, in Waterboy. There's a Colonel Sanders reference in The Longest Yard. Oh my god, they're all in a shared universe. <laughs> Maybe they just really, really love fried chicken because then there's the Popeyes stuff. Well, this is the thing. It's That must be so heartbreaking for Sandler because he's clearly devoted to KFC. <laughs> so that he had to have that huge Popeyes tie-in in Little <laughs> Nicky, which I still think is a passion project. I can't wait until they do one in London and it's Morley's or Chicken Cottage. Oh my god, don't Can even. you imagine? I... Chicken Cottage, heavily featured in the movie Chalet Girl. Did it? Is oh it yeah, no, it did. That's where she oh. works. Yep, yep. Oh, and that's where... so sweet. Does Bill Bailey get all his food from Chicken Cottage? <laughs> I don't know if he gets all his food, but there's just the bit where she, where like, like I'm sorry, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a woman working in a Chicken Cottage. No. Like, let alone one who looks like Felicity Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chalet Girl. I want to watch that again. But then there's the Ed Westwick of it all, so yeah. it's difficult. 
I mean, fuck it, Josh. You just watched I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. So mm-hmm. you can... True. Yeah, true. I guess, I, can... Now I, guess I can watch anything now. Yeah, and we can now get on to uh, the, the awful racism that's in this movie. I mean, yes. do we have anything more to say other than, like, what the fuck were they thinking? I just... actually think that the yellow face and the racism is actually worse than the homophobia because they don't even try to redeem it. They don't even, they, you don't even have the that. thing at the end where it's like, hey, gay people are people too. It's it's a man with fake eyes and a fake nose and maybe fake teeth as well. Yeah, yeah, fake oh, teeth. Pretending, fake to, teeth. pretending to be, I haven't looked at Rob Schneider enough. Um, <laughs> pretending to be a oh god, I can't even remember the what what is it? A Maria. He's like a what? Japanese a, minister a minister slash photographer. Yes. In a in a instant wedding kind of motel thing. In Niagara Falls. Of course he does the L and R thing. Oh my god. Thing. Yes. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And this now, is after Kevin James does an impression. Of a Japanese person, I don't know if you if you got that. When was that? There was like a couple of scenes before he he does a voice and says something that I cannot remember, but like <laughs> or nor should you. No, no. Well, yeah. So this whole film is just like yeah, fuck it. Japanese well, I, people have had it too easy. We've said this before because we've come across Sana playing uh, roles that he shouldn't before. He, yeah, sorry, Schneider. So, well, yeah, so we've said this before about Schneider. He has defended himself on this because he believes, as he has Filipino heritage, he is allowed to do so. Uh, fine, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I no. just want to say, I just want to say, like that is his defense. Yeah, I'm not saying no, that that is a worthwhile defense nor an excusable defense. In fact, I think it makes it worse um, because he believes he has a defense for doing it. Um, yeah. It yeah. is. I don't really understand why you would want to do it. Well, that's the thing. He's not got any other work going on at the moment. Because this is the second. Why did he have to be Japanese? He could have been yes, anything. That's the thing. That's, that's what I was going to say. I was gonna, he could have just been not Japanese. He could have been well, an why, eccentric why does it have to, Canadian. Why does it have to be Rob Schneider? Um, exactly. It has to be Rob Schneider because Adam Sandler is friends with him and therefore he has to be in the film. But he doesn't have to play a Japanese character. He could have been like an eccentric Canadian. He could have yeah. been an, eccent- an ex- eccentric anything. But no. I do like the went... idea of him. If it was actually Nick Swardson as an eccentric Canadian, solid. Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Solid Mountie with like a, one of those hats. <laughs> And... If Nick Swordsman was playing it on the same level that he played his character in Click, as sort of an eccentric Canadian, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see into that. that. But instead, not into Nick Swordsman's performance. In oh, this I was going to say awful. <laughs> Does he just go around screaming, "I am gay" over and over again, or did I make that up? I can't. Remember. I think you've made that up, but it's not too far off. He keeps doing this. For listeners, I'm doing so throughout the film. They do instead of doing the the penis in vagina hand sex motion of the hole and pushing the finger in, 
they do two fingers jabbing each other. And that's what we'll gay sex is, We'll put a picture up boys. of Josh doing that on mm-hmm. Twitter. <laughs> the big slap in the face as well is that Rob Schneider comes back at the end. Yeah. Also, the problem with having an Asian person play that role is that they would just be making Asian stereotypes. No, that's true. Yeah, person. true. I don't think it's made better, though, that the white person is making those stereotypes. it's not good good either way it's very difficult it's a sophie's choice if you will which Mm -hmm. which would you prefer and of Um, course you do have the the sort of collection of asian girls as huta girls as well so you yeah there is an uh, an asian representation in this movie it's just not good it's just not good at all Mm -hmm. in any way um no i mean there's that there's that cameo and then there's the other one The, the david spade the David Spade. The David Spade. <gasps> oh, that was horrible. <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys know this trivia. <gasps> Go on. But when seen from behind... So David Spade um, is a man dressed as a Playboy bunny at a... Uh, I, I, don't, I can't think of any better way to describe this than a big gay ball. Um, it looks like a fucking good party, to be honest. Well, mm. And there's something I want to say about the party in just a sec, but... Um, the fire exits aren't clearly signed. Very good. Um, <laughs> no, the um, so uh, I'm talking about who it, it, David Spade who is dressed is as a Playboy Bunny. From behind, uh, Adam Sandler approaches him, thinking it is uh, Jessica Biel. From behind, it is Jessica Biel. I thought so. what? I did think that. It's not until he turns around that it's actually David Spade. Same. I was going to say, I didn't think David Spade had such shapely shoulders. <laughs> no. Shapely waist. Um, compared no. to the other... So compared to Nick Swartzen and Rob Schneider in this movie, I'd say David Spade is the least offensive of them all. He's only in it for ten seconds. Yeah, you I guess that's it. He can't do much damage. But like, I mean, he still so- does. Oh, you can do a lot of damage in ten seconds. <laughs> he still does, but... Yeah, it's not the sustained effort. I get the joke. It's that he thinks it's someone else, but it's actually David Spade. Yeah. Which is always disappointing. Which is, it's good stuff. It's <laughs> it's just so horrible as well, because there are so many... I mean, you could even touch on the transphobia in this film yeah, as well, yeah. because there are so many people that believe that, you know, if you're trans, then you are a man dressing up as a woman. Yeah. And... It's something that has been seen in Hollywood for fucking forever that if you are trans, you are essentially just a man who likes to wear women's clothes and that you're fooling someone. And this is something that this one of the many terrible things that this film does. Again, yeah, I know we, we said earlier that, you know, certain other big movie stars wouldn't do this, but it is important to remember that the the plot of Jim Carrey's breakout role hinges yes. on a trans reveal, which then prompts which gosh. then prompts the entire cast who are in that scene when they find out that the character is was by was assigned male at birth. All of them start spitting because they have kissed her at various points throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, there is a difference between having a joke like that in your first film... <laughs> yeah, no. no and don't having get me wrong. It when you are so powerful to command an $85 million budget 
Yeah, don't for your bromantic comedy. Don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, a it's it should never have been okay to make any sort of joke like that. But yes, I I do concede that that joke was made uh, 13, 15 years before this one. Yeah, yeah. And it he was, also rips her clothes off. Yeah, no, true, true. He does. True, true. And it's all supposed to be just a big reference to the Crying Game, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't mean like look. I haven't watched Ace Ventura in a while. I, I but yeah, that scene does not seem. No. Well. Um, uh. But I also, I do like the parts of that movie that aren't about. That. Yes, no, it does have good points. <laughs> I I don't like the parts of this movie which are about <laughs> anything. <laughs> <laughs> Even like supporting players that I've liked in other Sandler movies, like Peter Dante have nothing he here. looks good in it though i like the mustache oh my god <laughs> i he love al- peter Dante. he always looks great <laughs> yeah but i mean he's not he's not as buff as in grandma's boy but he's still looking good lance bass cameo does anyone have anything to say Fine. on that i, I didn't understand who was the main singer in that band he's in because i don't the think peter it, dante no but there's this shot before because peter dante isn't singing and it's just another guy but lance bass is just like his microphone's turned down he's not even the lead singer of his own band i don't know what's going on it's not gone right for him i have to say i found it interesting that uh this film used two queen songs because I don't think I've ever seen another movie so homophobic yet trying to champion gay rights other than Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> we sh- we should probably talk about Jessica. Yeah, Peele. I was actually just <laughs> poor Jessica Peele. I mean, I'll, I'll just we I'll just gone so long with. I'll, I'll come on, I was like, she's rubbish in yeah, the she's film. Terrible. She has no chemistry with Sana whatsoever. No. She doesn't act like a real person. No. I don't think she's suited for comedy. No. Um, she's very attractive. <laughs> well, give her that. This might be the first thing I've seen her in. She's someone whose IMDb I scroll through, and I'm just like, ah, oh. Like, I've heard some of these, and she's in so many things. She's like Amanda Peet. She's in so yeah. many things. <laughs> what are those things? Uh, this is my second Jessica Biel film of the week, because I also watched... The Nicholas. Uh, no, I also watched the Nicholas Cage vehicle next. I was so hoping you were going to say Elizabeth Town. No, <laughs> sorry, I have. I still never seen that. Sort of vaguely. Oh refused. man, that's that's a fucking film. Yeah, I thought that's the manic pixie origin, isn't it? Is that right? Mm, well, yeah, I think. Well, I Garden think I've State read that. is the year before that. Oh really? But that, that's, well, it's the one that gets name-checked all the time. It's like the birth of it becoming a thing. Like, yeah, I looked that up recently and they did say that, but Garden State does make sense. Yeah. Well. Uh, but no, not that. And you know what? I think she's doing maybe... So I didn't think she did such a garbage job in this as she did in Next. But she's given basically nothing to do in Next. <laughs> so... I'm you I'm know. just looking at her career now. I I haven't seen her in a lot. What I did think was quite interesting a bit is this is <laughs> trivia, but I mean I guess you could say it. Um, she's married to Justin Timberlake, and then in that Pride Parade scene, either uh, Kevin or Adam I can't I remember which Kevin. one is wearing a T-shirt yeah. that says Mrs. Yeah, Timberlake. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and of course Lance Bass is in this. Another Timberlake. And Lance Bass. Shit. 
but yeah, I don't think she's very good in this. I think like she, like her relationship with Sandla is so strange. This, she has no other friends than Sandler. I know he like she like, meets him one day and is like, "You are now my best friend. I have never met another person. We're going to do everything yeah. together, literally oh, I everything." Hate, I hated that montage. Oh, I hated, I hated that. that girls' day montage um, with Sandler trying on hats. And then yeah, just being oh. like, "I'm going to hate on this guy's fashion." Also good. And then the classic like. You're a gay guy. Feel my tits. Also, mm-hmm. you're a gay, you know what would make this day extra special? A fuck. Yeah, I know. No boundaries what whatsoever. Is, what is that? Yeah, I would be disgusted. Get <laughs> get those away. Everyone's from me. feet away from me. <laughs> Which has been walking around all day as well. Yeah. <laughs> She just doesn't... She's not playing a real person. No, and then later she's like... (laughs) I love the bit later. She's like, I've never satisfied a man. Teach me how to fuck Adam Sandler. (laughs) Like, teach me how to... (laughs) Please. Like, oh yeah, you just pull on the earlobes and then you you brush their hair and then you give them a slap. Like, fucking hell, come on. I hate it. I also just... I hated just the moment where they ran into each other at the supermarket because it just felt so yeah, awkward. Yeah, I know. This idea, like, they run, and, like, she, she's just like, oh, by the way, here's an invite to my Halloween party. I want you to come because I have literally no other friends. Yeah, Except she, she knows every gay man like in New York City. Yeah. Um, I want to, yes, I, I meant to say this on the section about the party. I was horrified by that bathroom scene. Oh, I don't remember the bathroom gosh. scene. Kevin James going to the bathroom, noticing that there is like a section to buy condoms, and being terrified that he was going to be raped in the bathroom. What? How did I zone out of that bit? I must have got bored. He, he's dressed as is his apple. Yeah. Is the weird thing that his apple can like pop open where right. he needs to pee? Right, I see. Yeah. And mm. and like Sandler has like so the space between where it pops open where it's actually yeah. is yeah. too long. No one's dick at that. <laughs> also, no bef- like before he goes, like Sandler's like, "You're gonna go to the toilet here." I went to the toilet three times before we got here because he is worried. And then like they they try and like balance that out by then doing the scene in the shower at the fire station yeah. with the drop soap. Awful. And oh. And it's just like you can't, again. You can't do this sort of scene where it's like, look at these guys; they're being awful because they're doing this sort of drop soap thing. You can't do it because you just did the same joke about Kevin James being scared in the bathroom. And yeah, this, but you know they've oh grown; they've learned since then in the course of the last twenty no, minutes. I know haven't. they haven't, but that's that what the they problem. want you to think. The film doesn't earn any. No, of it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, at all. But yeah. Also, I like it's I like a... that the only charity that the LGBT community care about in New York is AIDS. That's the one thing. That was the there was a sign on a door or something, yeah. wasn't there? That just yeah, <laughs> <It's> just like... <laughs> um, I can't remember what else it was. About. I think it was just that. Oh. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. And then at the end, um, uh, what's his face? Richard Chamberlain comes in and he's like. I'm gonna let you guys off the hook, but you have to raise money for AIDS research. <laughs> I mean, that court case at the end is a fucking nightmare in itself. 
<laughs> yeah, no, throw them all, like <laughs> throw them all into contempt of court. You know, I've watched enough mm-hmm. Law and Order to know that ain't going on. Well, that's what happens. That's it's not happens. though. They all get arrested for for it, but it's before that. Before, like, for, yeah. hey, throw fucking Steve Buscemi in contempt of court for like asking these two men to kiss. Yeah. But how else are you supposed to know that they're properly gay? <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> That There's moment no where other they're way. about to kiss, and the way they do, ooh, 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 uh, like, so, oh, again, it's a film that can't do that kind of joke and have the ending that it wants to have. I'm not homophobic anymore, but um, <laughs> the idea of even pressing lips with this guy that I'm supposed to be married to is yeah. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. It's amazing it. that that this whole film does actually get away without them kissing. Well, Jack, I have a thing about that. Um, do you know what the what's the BBFC the in America called? Yeah. MPAA. Apparently, a kiss between the two main characters, in brackets, both male, was cut from the United States version of the film to obtain a PG thirteen oh rating. Because apparently, you can't have same sex kisses in PG thirteens. Maybe you can now, I don't know. But at the time, it seems you weren't allowed to. There's one in Love, Simon, and Love, Simon is not rated R. I'll tell you that. Really? It's not rated R. Well, then it must be a thing that's um, changed. There's there's the kiss between two male characters in Big Daddy that we've talked about already. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know the MPAA can be fucking, like, one rule for one's film, one another rule for others. Yeah. Um, as as is covered in the uh, documentary, this film is not yet rated. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't fucking know. So basically, yeah, there was meant to be a kiss and they didn't do it. Uh, in case they got an R. Maybe it was too sexual. I don't know. Maybe there was too much other stuff that they deemed too sexual, like uh, the blow-up doll. Maybe all the F words. Yeah, the blow-up doll. Fucking blow-up doll the porn all of that uh, well you know one thing we haven't talked about as well Ving Rhames I was going to say Ving Rhames let's talk Ving right. Rhames huh let's talk Ving Rhames <laughs> okay <laughs> you don't seem happy no because I, I was waiting for you to say something as you two both brought it up and then I was going to jump I was just going to jump in and start talking about Ving Rhames okay yeah go for so, it so we meet him at the beginning the film don't we and he's scary he's apparently been in prison because he's killed someone he's an axe murderer or some shit yeah there is a scene um about halfway through the film where uh ving rames is talking to adam sandler and he he hugs him and says he basically says i'm gay too and um i've been carrying around this feeling of being closeted for so long it just feels so nice to say it all of that sentimentality mm. is that a word yeah is thrown aside by i mean the, i don't know why you would expect anything else in this film um by the campy over the top two-dimensional portrayal <laughs> of what a now out gay man is it is in this film it is so it crazy is. that he basically comes along says he's get like he goes Oh, I've written, like, thank you, I've been living a lie, I'm gay. And then it's almost like a werewolf transformation that, <laughs> for like, yeah. 15 seconds, he goes from 
you know his usual speaking voice and then like you say he turns into like a camp caricature like yeah in seconds like he straddles adam sandler yeah i i think this is all down to the fact i don't think ving rames had done a comedy before this do you think I'm just looking at his IMDb right now, and I don't see anything that's really like a comedy. He's in Dave, but he's not a funny guy. He's never been in a comedy, at least where he plays a comedic character. Right, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. always, like, the scary guy. And I think this is him being like, oh, I get a chance to be funny, so I'm going to play this to the max. Yeah. And it is very bad. It is extremely bad and extremely uncomfortable. But I think in at the same was... time, he is probably having such a good time doing it. He seems like because he is like time. he is like I get to be funny for once. I mean, I would hope so. And then there's the scene <laughs> that we talked about um, when they're all in the shower and he comes in and he's showering and he sings "I Am Every Woman." Yeah, yeah, because that is the song. <laughs> Incredible camera work, I would say, because. The shower room, everyone is standing around the outside and Ving Rhames is standing right in the middle. And there's just like a small pillar blocking his junk for the whole time. And he's jumping around, he's dancing, and you never see a single shot of that dingus. It's like, great work, Dukes. He's also the bit where he bends over and the guy behind him is horrified. Yeah. He's also got the tattoo on his butt that says badass. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't have much else to say. Like, yeah, I think it's... I just... It's very rare that I've come to one of these movies and I have zero positives. No. Uh, Jackie like, Sandler's he... in it. She is. That's one positive. Uh, that I think school scene fun. is horrible. That's oh, yeah. the, you then go into Alan Covert. Being oh, that's a positive. Fucking... That's a positive that... that Alan Covert has been relegated to only being on screen for about 20 seconds. And that's playing, all he's getting. Playing, he's the other dad at the school. Um, who's who like, like um, you're not allowed to be our baseball to... coach or whatever. Oh my God. Everyone in this film is so homophobic. Like, literally. It is crazy. Like, I see... We were so I watched um, Magic Mike XXL with my housemates for my birthday uh, last week, and my housemate instantly was like, "Why is this whole universe set up so that like stripping is everywhere? Like, there's no corner of the world that stripping doesn't t-. like. They drive through the countryside and they find a random stripping venue, yeah. and then they find another. Like every everything is stripping. This film, like everything, is homophobia. Like." every aspect i mean i know that's true like everything is sexuality in new york like i know to an extent that is true but like it is just everywhere like homophobia is everywhere i mean it is but not this like openly but it's not, it's not all like like jamal i have had conversations with you that aren't about mm-hmm. your sexuality Yes. Oh yeah, we've had one or two of those conversations <laughs> in the in the six years we've had. <laughs> Maybe I three. agree. I mean, those things, you know. <laughs> I know that they become sort of celebrities within this film because they're gay and going through this trial. Even though they're phonies. <laughs> well, that's it. That, that's the the other really weird part of this film is that they never seem to come under any consequences for lying. No. But that's okay because they learned their lesson. And the lesson was not to be homophobic or rather to be less homophobic. 
so so the so the lesson is in itself the punishment i rest my case your honor gavel 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 <laughs> they have so many people cheering them on and being like you are amazing you're doing this it's incredible the- and never once do they think hey maybe we shouldn't have done maybe, maybe this said- is disingenuous yeah. or um maybe we are living a lie or this is really bad no no, there's none of it's that. It's insane at the end, like, that the LGBT community comes out and is like, thank you for impersonating us. Yes, that was yeah. so <laughs> strange. And they're, like, all holding, like, signs like, free Chuck and Larry. Yeah, it's crazy. Like... Anyway, fine. I do like that they, I do <laughs> like that they all get locked up, but I yeah. hate that it's... Like, it would have been better if they just, like, had to spend, like, a year in prison. Like, the ending of Tower Heist, where Ben Stiller Spoilers. has to go to jail. Like I would have liked that if they had to actually go to prison and then, yeah. Or there's another film I've seen that in where they all go. To, oh, it's the producers where <laughs> they go to prison and then put on a put on a <laughs> musical, a big lavish musical. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about uh, Kevin James's maid and nanny? Oh, fine, isn't it? Yeah. Let's have an Eastern. <laughs> let's have an Eastern European maid who is sexually aggressive. Brilliant. <laughs> I thought it was really uh, weird that I thought like Sandler moving in was going to help like Kevin James stand up to her, but no, he just sleeps. He with just her. bangs her and then because there's that like Kevin scene James's where finger in a in a sex doll. There's the scene where they're moving and she's not helping, and I thought like oh Sandler's going to like come in and like help um help like this relationship and make him realize like she's not a good nanny. Yeah, and but no. Uh, no, no, just has sex with her. Also, why doesn't Kevin James remember having sex? Because he's like smelling your finger. Why he wasn't drunk or drugged or anything? He just doesn't remember any of this sexual movement happening a heavy in the bed that he's sharing with two other people. So why does Kevin James and his wife have such a big bed? He's it's a, a wide really boy. wide bed. <laughs> it's a really wide bed. And then when I hated that bit where the kids come in in the morning, and yes, it's clear people are in that bed. Because like the way they've shot it is like no bed ever looked before. Yeah, no, it's hiding <laughs> everybody in that. Bed. It's like that Kanye video. <laughs> Which Kanye? Video? Oh, famous. famous. Oh my god, no, that is the world's longest bed. That's <laughs> so true. famous. No, yeah, yeah, no, it's quite, it's quite, that's the song. It's quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. From LA to Tokyo. <laughs> Also, I feel like this is the first Adam Sandler film I've seen that uses the uh, the K word, the derogatory oh, yeah. Jewish yeah. K word. Oh, actually, yeah, it uses that in a sort of like you shouldn't use this word. Yeah, comparing it to the F word, but also there is a moment in which Jessica, Jessica Biel, Biel describes yeah. uh, a group of Italian men as the well the G word. Yeah, 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 that was weird. That is crazy. And like, and just really casually does that, despite the fact that she's like this human rights lawyer. <laughs> that would have been really controversial at the time as well, because before I'm not saying that it legitimizes it, but before Jersey Shore, that word was like, "Do not ever use it" mm. type of thing. And when they started using it in that people were obviously outraged. No, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think it's another interesting point about this film is that this film is very like, never use the F word 
never use the k-word etc but as we know from like history of marginalized groups the the main push is like reclaiming these words rather than shutting them down you know yeah i understand mm-hmm. what you mean but it's just like no we'll just never say them because they're such bad 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 naughty words well i think the thing is like it's i just found that moment so straight and again it's just this film where it's like it doesn't really have a opinion on what's okay and what isn't no it's mm-hmm. despite the fact that that's kind of its overall goal Shall I say what awards this was nominated for? Yeah, go on. So this um, this is an interesting thing in which it was nominated in the 2007 year at the MTV Movie Awards Mm. for best... I stopped watching by then. (laughs) I remember watching this uh, quite specifically. This was nominated for best summer movie you haven't seen yet. Okay. I remember when they started doing that category, it was so weird. Like you would vote for a film that hadn't come out (laughs) that summer or that autumn that you thought looked good, basically, or that you thought was going to be good. I I remember, I genuinely remember watching this with my dad because uh, he was like, I don't want to see that movie that won. (laughs) uh transformers is the winner oh okay yeah fine oh okay well transformers is an amazing (laughs) the other other nominees are evan almighty yeah no fantastic four rise of the silver surfer no absolutely not (laughs) hairspray my winner yeah uh harry potter and the order of the phoenix Mm. i now pronounce you chuck and larry Mm. rush hour free Fuck yeah. <laughs> and the Simpsons <laughs> movie. I'm sorry, 2007 was a shit year. It really I'm going to say, Simpsons movie is probably my, my runner-up after Hairspray and that. Nah, Rush I saw three. Simpsons movie in the cinema. So did I. Um, yeah, I think I, I saw it twice in the cinema. From that time. Yeah, Simpsons movie and Spider-Man 3 were the only films I think I saw in the cinema. Oh yeah. shit, I saw Spider-Man Yeah, you had like... Well. Um, like, uh, yeah, Spider-Man 3. I'm trying to think of what else. That was the year of, like, all the third movies. Because you had Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Yeah. Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Shrek 3. Yeah. Rush Hour 3. Yeah. Born Ultimatum. Yes. Good year. Nice. So that's 2000. 300. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Saw that this um, summer. Good shit. This, so this is also... So then in 2008... I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry returns to the MTV Movie Awards. Now that people have seen it, <laughs> um, it's still got awarded. Uh, so at 2008, it is nominated for two awards. Mm. It is uh, nominated for Best Comedic Performance for Adam Sandler. Fuck off. <laughs> he loses. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna get you guys to guess the movies. Yeah. Uh, he loses to Johnny Depp. Pirates of the Caribbean. In 2000. Yeah. Ugh. The best comedic performance of 2007. You know, he gets to meet his dad, Keith Richards. Ha 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 This isn't going to be a hard category to guess. I've kind of mentioned most of these movies before. Yeah. But all of these nominees are a better nominee than the ones who won or Adam Sandler. Uh, Amy Adams. In Deep Year. Uh, Enchanted? Yes, Enchanted. Oh, Enchanted. Yeah, she's nominated for Enchanted. Mm. Oh, that was the third film I saw in 2000. <laughs> uh, Jonah year. Hill. Super bad. Yeah. And Seth Rogen. Super bad. 
Knocked up. Knocked, knocked up, up, yes. All three nominees better than Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> For best comedic performance. Yeah, but like, it is crazy. Give it to Jonah Hill. Give it to Jonah Hill. Yeah, but like, looking back at that time, like, Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow was like untouchable at that time. It was insane. Like, the number of posters you could get from those weird poster stands in HMV that were all just Jack Sparrow or Pirates related. Like, it was everywhere. A few years ago, I was in line at Primark and I was standing behind a girl who had a um, Hollywood Vampires t-shirt on. Mm -hmm. A Jack Sparrow rucksack. Mm. A... (laughs) A... Alice in Wonderland Mad Hatter jacket. Oh <laughs> my god. And I was just like, what is this? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. She probably had Lord. tourist socks on. <laughs> <laughs> One with um, Angelina Jolie's face on, the other with Johnny Depp's. Yeah, this is my chocolat um... shoe. <laughs> This is, uh, I'm not even going to get you to guess uh, these noms because it's too obvious, uh, but Jessica Biel was nominated for Best Female Performance at the MTV Movie oh Awards. God, oh, fuck so off. <laughs> uh, the winner was Elliot Page for Juno. Yeah. Also nominated was Amy Adams for Enchanted, Catherine Heigl for Knocked Up, and Kira Knightley for Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. <sighs> Pirates of the Caribbean's been nominated for a few MTV awards. Yeah, they, I mean, I get it. Like, it's a popular like film. Like, in the past, they have. Yeah. With teens, and it makes sense. But it's just, it's weird. It's mad to think, like, how big that was. It was <laughs> like, huge, 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 huge. I was still, like, the fifth movie made a billion big fucking dollars. deal. I've only seen the first one. The second one's all right. I saw it twice in one day. Oh, my God. So, the, re- the reason was, is that I went and saw it with my friend, the reason was, is that it was in Eastbourne and I went to see it with a friend of mine after we'd been on a night out and I stayed over at his. And then in the afternoon, I was meant to be having a date with who ended up to be my first girlfriend. And it was like, oh, we're going to go to the cinema. What should we see? And the only thing she wanted to see was Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Oh, so I had fuck. to just be like, yeah, no, I'd love to see that too. <laughs> sit, through it, <laughs> sit through it twice. Being like, I went to uh, see the first film twice. I remember really enjoying. Yeah, the but first in a film. day? No, no. I've only ever seen a film where I've seen twice in over two days. I've never seen the same film twice. In oh, one really? Day. I think I did go through a period of watching Pirates of the Caribbean the first one every night while I was doing like homework. Like I just had it on in the oh. background because I knew that every time I'd look up, something fun would happen. Then I go. I think I did the same thing with Brother Bear and Fight Club to give you <laughs> to give you an insight into my childhood. <laughs> Awful time. I feel like I did that, but just with like episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm. Mm. Oh, and I also watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind twice in a row. Like, got the DVD, watched it once, put it back in, watched it again. My nephew did that with the Simpsons movie. <laughs> I did that with um, Friday, the first time I got high, I watched that like like four times in a Good row. Good God. Amazing. And and then me and my friend watched uh, the first Harold and Kumar movie like twice in a row. Yeah, don't judge me. <laughs> Jamal, have um, you ever lost your mind and watched the same film twice in a row? I haven't actually. I Fuck have... off, Jamal. You've definitely watched Suicide Squad twice <laughs> in a row. No, no. 
I have seen that film more than twice. That's a good Joker laugh as but... well. <laughs> no. That's also good. Just my normal. <laughs> um, I bought Mean Girls on DVD the day it came out and I watched it every day for a week. That's probably the closest I've got to yeah, it. Yeah, nice. This, this was also nominated at the Teen Choice Awards. Yay! I love the Teen Choice Awards, or I did when I was a teenager. And you had choice. <laughs> no, no, you can't stand that. <laughs> when I was a teenager with choice. <laughs> Imagine. I loved it. <laughs> and one of your choices could have been I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry yeah. for oh for God. choice summer movie comedy slash musical. Oh, that's good. Uh, like the gold was Pirates. another one. Hairspray. Hairspray one. Oh yeah, there we go. Was that the, the year? Was that the year that Gossip Girl like swept the TV categories? Two thousand and eight. Uh, no, because this is too far. Um, no, the Gossip Girl's not nominated for anything. Oh, so. that's the year after Gossip Girl's not nominated for anything. <laughs> Um, it was the year that Rihanna won Choice R&B Artist. That's rude. She's not an R&B artist. <laughs> well, she's the Choice R&B Artist. <laughs> and Hil- Hilary Duff won Choice Music Love Song for the song With Love. Oh, that's nice. Other nominees for Best Comedy Slash Musical were Rush Hour 3, Superbad, and The Simpsons Movie. Mm-hmm. It's interesting Knocked Up doesn't make that category. No. Maybe they thought it was too explicit because it's super if super bad is in there i feel like not it's because it's about like sex it's about like premarital sex it's slightly older as well i now pronounce you chuck and larry is um is what is that about oh yeah that's a good point yeah i I don't know i looked at um i now pronounce you on rotten tomatoes and i was looking at some of the the three star and up reviews Mm. And I just thought, these people are psychotic, honestly. <laughs> you are so detrimental to the movement by giving this a positive. <laughs> How dare anyone do that? I mean, we've not actually talked about this guy on the podcast before, but I think that he probably would come up a few times. Uh, Armand White, who is sort of known to be controversial, sort of always gives films that people like bad reviews and gives... Right. <laughs> <laughs> He is. Um, he was the lead film critic for uh, New York Press. Oh yeah. Um, and like he, he is like, he, he's he's quite. He's a very well known film critic, and he was mostly just well known for like anytime something got an. Like, I remember he was like big in publications in 2010 because he gave uh, Toy Story three a bad review. Right. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah, if you like look up Armand White, you'll find like all his sort of controversial reviews. I I've heard of the Toy Story three. Did was he one of the people who gave Get Out a bad review? I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but it wouldn't surprise me. Jamal, was this the um, review you saw? Because the yeah, three stars. Actually, not that bad. It's not Sandler's best, but definitely not his worst. Still watchable in terms of the groundbreaking topic and the slapstick groundbreaking. Humor groundbreaking yes he did give get out a bad review he is known for giving bad reviews to the dark knight there will be blood up toy story 3 and get out amazing known for championing critically disliked films such as gi joe the rise of cobra jonah hex grown-ups and i now pronounce you chuck and larry which he described as a modern classic for its ultimate moral lesson that sexuality has nothing to do with who chuck and larry are as people who chuck and larry are as people they're still fucking liars they're still fraudsters he also indicated that it is a better gay themed film 
than Brokeback Mountain. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. I think that was the one that I read. I couldn't believe that. I saw Brokeback Mountain last year for the first time. I was blown away. I was blown away. I do love Brokeback Mountain. Roger Ebert described Armand White as a smart and knowing troll. <laughs> do we have some MVPs and LVPs? Jamal, do you want to go? I have an MVP. Who is your MVP? It is that absolutely gorgeous bottle green Adidas. <laughs> yes! That <is> the MVP. <laughs> I hate it. I hate tracksuits. Oh. I know. I've never owned one, but I really want one. And a gold I chain. I want one as well. Like, that is going to be my summer lockdowns ended vibe, is I'm just going to spend all my free time in a green tracksuit with a gold chain sitting outside on the street <laughs> with, like, a bottle, <laughs> having a great fucking time. That's what I'm pivoting to. Jamal, will you join? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be a crew. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm going to get one of those Kangol Samuel Jackson hats as well. I'm going to pass yes. you in my suit and tie. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, these fine. rugs. <laughs> you know what? You're going to be sweating and we're going to be cool as cucumbers. Yeah. Also, suits are so under. Suits look great, but they are not comfortable. How much is an Adidas <laughs> Jamal, who's your LVP? Adam Sandler. <laughs> Good choice. Hands down. Like... I am tempted to say everyone. I think I did say that at the beginning, but it is Adam Sandler because he is the most, he is responsible for this, mostly. Yeah. I think that's fair. Shall I go? Because we were worried that ours would yeah, be the same. Yeah, you go. You go. Um, so my MVP is uh, the NYFD, the New York Fire Department, just <laughs> right, for yeah. the nice. just for the brave work they do. And I watched <laughs> um I watched King of Staten Island last year, which I really enjoyed. That has uh, them as sort of a plot point as well. Yeah. And I sort of was I, watching this. I was just like, oh man, I wish I was watching King of Staten Island again because that's a better movie with Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. <laughs> about firefighters. Yeah, my LVP. My LVP is the effect that the film has had on the world since it came out. Because in January 2020, a member of Chicago's city council cited the film during an argument over a city plan to set aside contracts for gay and transgender-owned businesses. Oh my god. Right. Um, Alderman Walter Burnett said, I think about that movie about the two firemen where they were faking like they were gay to get benefits. That's a concern of mine. How do you distinguish that? This film has added to the conversation of should we believe that people are gay? Should we give them the same rights that we give to straight people? Mm. And I can't think of anything worse that this fucking piece of shit movie has just, has just led in its legacy, you know? This this film offers no positivity, and I think that is a clear sign that in 2020 this film is being used as an argument Yeah, that is to stop gay rights from going through. That is absolutely shocking. That is shocking to me. That is my LVP. Yeah, fair enough. It wasn't the one I was going to go with. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that is... Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know how to follow that, really. I mean, my MVP is Peter Dante's stylist. For that tash. That tash. Like, it looks on point. His hair, wonderful. His suit, fitted. He is a god of a man. And again, I would like to say I wish I'd seen him as an action star. But alas. 
I still think it's weird that Peter Dante never like broke out of the Saint La Cru and appeared in yeah. some like weird other movie. He is, of course, Jamal, one of the gay guys, the gay lawyers. Yeah, in, um, he is. In, um, Big Daddy. He fucking is. Is Alan Covert the other one? I think it might be. I think it is. Yeah, like I don't know, like he could be. He could be a really shit Bobby Cannavale. Oh, God, I love him. He does have a Bobby Cannavale energy. He does, but, like, yeah, he just never got to that. Anyway, yeah, love him. LVP is a, is a tie between the MPAA. I, so was this the what you sort of screamed yeah, at earlier on? That's what I found out, is the the, <laughs> the kiss cut. I was just like, fucking hell, all right, MPAA, piece of shit. And then on the other side, it's Rob Schneider, isn't it? Yeah. It's just Rob fucking yeah. Schneider, man. I mean, it's... we've done this so many times because like, we had the same for uh, Eight Crazy Nights, where again he plays a Chinese man. Yeah. Um... All vo- all vocally in that one. Yeah. Again, horrible. Like... It's just actually no. It's the hair and ma- actually fuck it, Rob. I'm sorry, you're not the worst person here. The worst person here is the fucking hair and makeup department that made those prosthetics that never at one point went, maybe we shouldn't do this, that <laughs> argued with each other about the size of the buck teeth that they were going to make dentures of, that, that discussed the finite, the measurements of an eyelid that was going to go onto Rob Schneider, the width of a nose and the colouring of the skin. Those people are monsters. Do you think that could be the same team that was responsible for Peter Dante, though? Yeah, so I guess my MVP and LVP are the same people. <laughs> I guess they're the same people. How could they get it so right for Peter Dante and yet so wrong? <laughs> Something I, I, I think is interesting is that it is the same makeup team that worked the previous year on the uh, Oscar nominated for makeup click. Really? And also the same makeup team that worked on the also Oscar nominated Norbit. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I so, didn't know that that was nominated for an Oscar. Was... The makeup was, for yeah. Norbit was Oscar nominated. So they've just really nailed down race swapping. That one yeah. production, that one hair and makeup department is just like, this is our shit. We can make problematic films. You know what's really weird, though? Yeah. I fucking love Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh Did they do that as well? Like, uh, Halle Berry plays an old Asian man. No, no, no. I mean, did no this... way. I meant, did these hair and makeup? I know these, I these seen... hair and makeup do not. <laughs> they did. No, yeah, Cloud Atlas is a fucking nightmare film. Again, love it, but awful. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it awful. I think because at least I think Cloud Atlas is trying to say something interesting about us all being one in that movie. Oh right, as in as in the as in the dressing it, up is a is acceptable because it's like they're the same characters throughout time. Yes, is that what you're I think that there's there's something to like it has a reason for it. It's not doing it to like make fun to promote stereotypes. Cloud Atlas is a far more interesting movie than I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry or Norbit. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it even. Sorry, I'm just looking up Cloud Atlas now. It sounds absolutely bonkers. It is, it is. the main cast. 
<laughs> it is crazy. Oh, it's very crazy. I think you'd enjoy it. But it's also, like, I mean, I'm not sure if I've said it on this podcast before. I fucking love the Wachowskis and will watch them do anything. Because I think they're the best. Yes. Far better than Dennis Dugan. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I hate this movie. I honestly... This is why it's the worst. Because the other movies I didn't like. This one I actively hate. And I think it... And based on the, the... comment i made about uh who my lvp was i think this movie has left nothing good in the world no fair enough yeah and uh i was gonna say are you gonna watch it again this film yeah i really hope i never have (laughs) i can't imagine the situation like i wouldn't have watched it again because i had seen it before i wouldn't have watched it again if it wasn't for this podcast Mm. i was really unhappy that i had to watch it again i was really sort of like dreading having to like rent it and having to sit down like i left it to the last possible minute to rewatch this movie same i feel like a part of me was put on this earth to be discussing this film this <laughs> podcast with you too. Is this your like, calling? It really is a part of the reason why I'm here. It's just to stop anyone from watching it. <laughs> and I will talk about this film for the re- probably the rest of my life about how bad it is and uh. how detrimental it is to a lot of different types of people. Yes. It's just shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's just fucking shit. <laughs> it's two hours fucking long. That's another LVP. Just the runtime. It's up two hours of my Valentine's Day. I mean... Like before, the... I knew, before I knew about the, uh, the problems it had in Chicago recently, uh, my LVP was going to be uh, Judd Apatow for normalising this length of comedy. Um, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Even, even though I love Knocked Up and uh, the forty-year-old virgin, and soon to be discussed, funny, funny people. people. Um, but Bridesmaids is only a tad shorter than this. Yeah, but Bridesmaids is good. Bridesmaids is excellent. Yeah, it's true. That's uh, the difference. Barb and Star is an hour and forty-five, and I tell you what, there's enough laughs to get you through all of it. <laughs> oh, I'm so looking forward to seeing that. Uh, is that Judge? No, it's not. Uh, but it's good though. Jamal, is there anything you'd yes. like to plug? My Twitter is at Jamal Polson. That is J E M A L P O L S O N. N for November. <laughs> Thank you. That's quite good because it rhymes with uh, Gatsby. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a good one. Oh, oh, I will say it is much. a great Twitter account. Oh, so yeah, give it a follow. He's a good boy. And uh, you can find me at JFG and Digital 3D across Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Oh yeah, and you can also <laughs> find me on all of those platforms. Uh, the Instagram, the Twitter, and the Letterboxd. I don't know why I'm re- repeating. Uh, <laughs> at P-A-P-S-B-Y. At P-A-P-S-B-Y. That's at Papsby. It rhymes with... Catch me if you can. Um, and of course, of course, if you've enjoyed this episode, then you can give us a review at any of your podcast listening locations that have that functionality and a rating. That would also be nice. You can also email us if you fancy at truehatmad at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram on at truehatmad also. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm so tired. We've talked about this film for two for 
for this is the longest is this the longest film we've done so far the longest episode or the no longest the longest film? film um it might be the longest film we've done so far well listeners we've done two hours and ten minutes on this piece of shit oh, it's just well, we'll is it the it longest down. episode you've reported yeah we'll edit it, it down yeah, yay there's a lot of stuff I have to cut down for you to. Oh my god. A lot of edits. <laughs> a lot of, lot of poorly phrased things. But here we go. That's It's all well, about learning, like Chuck and Larry taught us. Which they didn't do. <laughs> That's true. Next week, uh, see if we can keep up for two hours chatting about Strange Wilderness. That's our film next week. Oh yeah, shit. What is that? We don't know. We'll find out next week. Tune in. And, and as always... This film is horseshit. Brilliant. Bye. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, thank, thank you for you. being here, Jamal. Oh, I we forgot you. to say, yeah, thank you. We love thank you. Thank you, Jamal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you both so much. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>